Do you have your Bible? I want you to turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. As you are turning there, I have some good news for you. I have an announcement to make. It will technically be the third time I've made it. But if you were not in the youth service several weeks ago, then you missed the announcement. And if you were not here this past Wednesday night, you also missed this announcement. So I'll make it again today. We have been praying for some time now about God leading a, a family, a couple, a person to our church to help us in the absence of Pastor Luke and Robbie Joe Monahan, who did such a wonderful job leading our youth department. And we have felt God give clear direction, and I'm happy to announce to you we have hired a new youth pastor. His name is Dave Lutz. His wife is Sonny Lutz, and they have a little five-year-old girl named Reagan. And Pastor Dave will be here this afternoon. He's been traveling since Thursday all the way from Indiana. Yes, you have another Hoosier. I know you're happy about that. They've been traveling since Thursday, Dave, Pastor Dave, and a buddy of his to get here, uh, Sonny, which perfectly describes her, by the way, her personality, but her, her name is officially Sonny. Uh, she and Reagan will be here tomorrow. They'll fly in. I was not going to put them through the drive from Indiana to California. So uh, anyway, I want you to open your arms wide and your hearts even wider. Make room for them. You know, we, we totally love, loved and still love the Monahans. And here's the good news. There'll still be room for love for the Monahans and the Lutz family. It's just a different chapter of Pastor Luke and Robbie Joe's life. And uh, we support it wholeheartedly. And we are thankful for God closing a door so that he can open another door. So I want you to open your hearts and your, your arms wide to Pastor Dave and Sonny and uh, their little girl, Reagan. Now, because they're coming in today, they need some help unloading their truck. So I told him, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, there would be plenty of people who would love to come and help them unload their truck. I just didn't know who that was. <laughs> so who are you? Today, at 4, we had tentatively scheduled it for 3, but I talked to him in between the two services, and uh, he said, I don't think I'm going to make it by 3. They had some brake light issues this morning, but he said, definitely by 4 o'clock, we could rendezvous right here in the parking lot. They're just a few blocks away, and if we had enough help, it would take no time. So who would help me move in, Pastor Dave and uh, Sonny, their things today? I'm looking for hands right now. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Meet me here at four. Great. Who else? Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill, probably the oldest man in the church, and he's willing to raise his hand and say, I'll help move a refrigerator in. My goodness. Who else going to help Uncle Bill? Come on. Thank you, Terry. All right. Do I have? Here's another one. Do I have one over here? <laughs> I feel like an auctioneer right now. Come on, let's let them know. You know what? I'd love to overwhelm them. Yes. 
with the, with the people waiting on them to get here. We could hardly wait for you to get here. You don't have to do a thing. You just point the direction. Tell us what room to put it in. That's what I like about this church. You rise to the occasion. Anyway, meet me here at 4 o'clock, and we'll, we'll get right over there, and we'll get them moved in. Acts chapter 20, verse number 7. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. 1 Corinthians 11, I won't have you turn there, just look on the screens. Verse 24 says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this, in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for already the way that you have come into this room and met us answering our prayers, meeting our needs, and to call out this family so specifically. Wow, we thank you. And now to think that you have even more for us, that we'll quiet ourselves and gather around your feet, as it were, and have you speak to us and teach us, which is what I pray happens. Speak to us, teach us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say amen. This is the season of remembering. Last week, we took some time to remember our military, and rightly so. In particular, on Memorial Day, we pause to remember the fallen, those who've given their lives, we remember. Next week, we are going to be honoring our graduates, remembering what they've done. It's a season of remembering. It's going to be a great day next week, next Sunday. Don't miss it. The following Sunday is significant. Why? Oh, yes. Don't forget Dad. It's Father's Day, and we will remember our fathers. With this thought in mind and with this theme running through, I thought it would be a good time today, the first Sunday of the month, which traditionally here... We take communion. I thought it would be good to remember the body and the blood. And I didn't want it to be a side note on the altar over here. I want it to be front and center. I want it to be our sole focus of remembering today. This was the Lord's Day, Acts 20. The first day of the week, it says... The Lord's Day was being observed in a city called Troas. I'll leave it to you maybe later this afternoon to, to read verses 1 through 6 to properly frame where we are today in verse number 7. But when it says that he gathered the disciples, we're not talking about the 12 that followed Jesus and hung out with Jesus. We're talking about a whole new group of disciples that now are under the Apostle Paul. He's gathering the disciples together on the first day of the week. And why? They're coming to break bread. They're coming 
to share communion. It was a service of remembering and preaching. I could not believe when I read that. It says, now on the first day of the week, verse 7, when the disciples came together to break break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until (laughs) midnight. This is some preacher right here. How many of y'all want to hear me preach till midnight? I don't. (laughs) I'm just saying. I don't know if I want to hear anybody preach till midnight necessarily. But if God is speaking, let him speak to the wee hours of the morning no matter who he's using. And God clearly was ministering through this apostle. He spoke till midnight and he had to leave early the next day, it says. But it didn't matter because when God's speaking, let him speak. And when God's speaking, may we have ears to hear. Somebody say amen today. Only one person fell asleep or at least one is recorded. One significant one is recorded. If you've got your Bibles open, you've got to see this. This is, this is not the focus, but I could not get past this. Uh, this, poor, this poor guy, uh, Eutychus. Look at verse number 9 of, of Acts 20. It says, In a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus. Now, why in the world are you going to sit in a window if you're three stories up? I'm going to try to find him and ask him when I get to heaven. What were you thinking? Uh, anyway, it says, In a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. Now, the little sub-lesson that I have for you today... You better be careful falling asleep in church because you never know what might happen. Now, the good news is he came back to life, and I'll let you read that later too, but Paul said, you're not going to die, not on my watch, not while I'm preaching, and this man came back to life. Wow, that's powerful. But I was a little comforted, I got to tell you, when I found out that I'm not the only preacher that people fall asleep while the preaching is going on. Even the Apostle Paul had people falling asleep on him while he was preaching. So uh, just curl up there and take you a good nap. Not really. I want you to hear what God has to say today. What is there about communion that brings us together? Why the urgency? Why the redundancy even? I think it's said to really solidify. Don't forget. Don't forget. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I tend to be forgetful. (laughs) Just ask my wife. I'm telling you, things will just fly right over my head. And she gets so frustrated. You didn't tell me, even today, up in my office, she says, Steve, you didn't tell me I was supposed to be there to meet our new members. Why didn't you tell me? And I said, I forgot. So, this is like a flaw, right? In the way the wheels turn, there's a flaw. 
Oh, you've got one too. Don't worry about it. If it's not forgetfulness, it's something. You've got one. We all do. So mine, one of mine, happens to be, I tend to be forgetful. But you know what? I found a way to rise above this flaw that I have. I can write things down. I can put them on my phone. In, in, uh, I've got a notebook in my phone. I can put them on my calendar. I text over Karen. As soon as we decide what time our board meeting is the next month, the first thing I do, I text it over to Karen and I text it over to my assistant, Gail. These two women need to know what's going on in my life on that level. So I've found a way to kind of overcome some of a, a bit of a flaw that I have in forgetting. Let me tell you something today. Of all the things that you are to remember and that you should remember, it is right here. Don't ever forget the body. Don't ever forget the blood, the bread, and the cup. We are to remember this. So what are we remembering really? What are we remembering when, when he says, when you, when you do this, when you take the bread, when you take the cup, remember. What exactly are we remembering? I believe it is a call to remember the Savior. This is all about the Savior who came to save mankind, who came to save the world from sins, wrongs. So, who is this Savior that we are called to remember? First of all, we should remember that it's, he is a scriptural savior. We remember today our scriptural savior. Christ came to fulfill the scripture. I like what John chapter 1 and verse 14 has to say, and the word became flesh, dwelled among us, we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He actually became the Word. The Word became flesh. He was a walking scripture. He was the walking Word. He is the living Word. We need to remember today in just a few minutes as we remember the body and the blood, the bread and the cup, may it point us to the Savior, our scriptural Savior. He came to fulfill scripture. Christ fulfilled the scripture in his birth. Virgin born. Christ fulfilled the scripture in his life, sinless life. Christ fulfilled the scriptures in his death, a vicarious death, an atoning death, a substitutionary death, 
And this is the, the Christ of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4, verses 3 and 4. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to what? According to Scripture. That he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to what? According to the Scripture. The Bible that you're holding, that may be there in your lap, may be there in your hand. This, folks, is what we base what we believe on. It's not just myth or fairy tale, just stories that men and women long ago put together. We believe that this book has been inspired by Almighty God and that He has breathed life into this book. It's called the Bible, the Holy Word of God, the Scriptures. And everything that we do should be based on the Word of God. And all that we believe should be based on Scripture. Let me tell you this. If you're doing something in your life that is contrary to Scripture, stop doing that. <laughs> Do something else. If your life does not line up with the Scripture, your lifestyle, your language, there's plenty of people who think they can talk any way they want to. I'm talking about believers today. They throw words around and it is contrary to the Word of God. We are not to let vulgarity come out of our mouths. We are not to let foulness come forth from us. We're to live a holy life. Everything that we do needs to be based on Scripture because this is what we believe. We believe in a Savior sent from God, born of a virgin that lived a life without sin and died in our stead, was buried and rose again according to Scripture. So as we pause and reflect and remember, remember that it's what the Bible says. We are remembering our scriptural Savior. Today, we have two ordinances of our church that we are celebrating. One being communion, the Lord's Supper. This is part of our doctrine. We believe it as a denomination. We believe that this has been instituted by Jesus, it was repeated by disciples and has been repeated since by churches throughout the ages. And so we follow this. It's part of our doctrinal uh, belief. And we do it every month, sometimes more. But we believe this. We also, tonight, are celebrating another ordinance of our church, which is water baptism. 
And if you have not been water baptized since becoming a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to be water baptized. Jesus was water baptized. His disciples were water baptized. And I believe every follower of Christ should be baptized in water. And it would be my privilege to dunk you, even tonight. <laughs> but it's interesting. These ordinances of the church that we're focusing on today, in communion, we remember the Lord's death. In baptism, we give testimony of our Lord's burial and his resurrection. Remember today our scriptural Savior. Not only is he our scriptural Savior, I want you to also remember today he is our sorrowing Savior. Isaiah 53, in verse number 3, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. A man of sorrows. I think too many times when we see Jesus, we only see... We only see the, the joy that comes from him and the love that, that is poured out of him. We see the compassion and the care. But it is important for us to, as painful as it might be, remember he's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And look at the sorrow that faced our Savior. Consider how sorrowful it might have been for him. First of all, he was rejected by the very people he came to help. The very people he left heaven to come and give love, they're the ones who rejected him. And he's like, all I'm here to do is help you. All I want to do is love you. And they reject him, bringing sorrow. He was cursed. He was persecuted. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. He was falsely accused. He was set up. Think that might bring sorrow into a life? I think so. A man of sorrows. I want you to see this Savior that sorrows. He did sorrow for us. He, he was betrayed. How about this? Here's another reason for sorrow. He was betrayed by one of his closest friends. One that he poured into. One that he led in close to him. One that he mentored. He ends up turning his back on him. Of course, I'm talking about Judas. The betrayer. You ever been rejected? You ever have somebody betray you that you thought you loved, you thought you knew, you thought you trusted? Multiply that a thousand times and we won't even come close to how Jesus felt and the sorrow that he went through. I want us in just a few minutes to remember that. A man of sorrows, 
a sorrowful heart. And let me say this. His compassion did not end on the cross. He still has compassion for us today. The Bible says that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us, seeing us. So I believe the sorrowing for the Lord continues today because he's touched with the feeling of our infirmity and our sorrow, our grief. He sees that and he's still moved with compassion for our sorrow. He's a scriptural savior, but he's also a savior that sorrowed. One more thing before we come to the table. I don't want us to forget how he suffered for us. The suffering that our savior went through. We should remember our suffering savior. He suffered as no man has ever suffered. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5 says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. He took our punishment. He took the stripes. He took the nails. He took the thorns. We've got to see this. I remember going to the theater a number of years ago. Mel Gibson had produced one of the best things to ever come out of Hollywood, in my opinion. The Passion of the Christ. I remember we as a church rented out two theaters. Y'all, how many were here during that time? And you remember we, we just packed out two theaters. And then we invited friends and neighbors and said, hey, we're just going to take you to the movie. Don't even worry about it. It's on us. Packed out these theaters. And then we got to come at the conclusion of this movie and give an appeal for anybody who would like to give their life to Christ was really awesome, really, really powerful. But I remember the scourging scene. Does anybody remember this scourging scene? It was so subtle, it probably slipped your mind. You know, I remember, I remember thinking in my heart and in my mind, Debbie, okay, I get it. Just 30 seconds into it. A minute into it. Okay already, please. Enough. As, as it went on and on and on. The torture. The scourging. He was beaten with a, what they call a cat of nine tails. This is a whip with bone and glass and shards of rock in, in, embedded into the end of the whip. And every time it goes across the back or the chest or any part of the flesh and they pull it away, it rips part of the flesh away. And they did this 39 times. And this is significant because 
on the 40th time, a person would die. It was so calculated. They had timed out and counted the amount of times that they could get somebody uh, this kind of punishment without them dying. They fashioned a crown, a mock, a mockery to what we know. Who is the king of kings? They fashioned a, a mock crown of thorns and embedded this into his brow, so much so that the blood flowed down his face. He carried his own cross. I say his own cross. Actually, he carried my cross. I don't know if you feel that way or not, but that's how I feel today. He carried my cross. Barely had a little help at the end of that. But made his way to Golgotha. Made his way to Calvary. And there... They stretched out his arms and nailed the nails into his hands, nailed the nail into his feet, raised the cross into the post hole that was dug and, and, and fashioned for this, this cross. And it thuds to the ground, jarring his body. He's left to die. Beaten beyond recognition, beard pulled from his face, left to die. Finally, they take a spear, thrusting it into his side, and the blood and the water flowed. And Jesus gave up the ghost, the Bible tells us. He breathed his last. This is more than just some bread and some juice that we'll take. This is pointing us to a Savior. A Savior that was foretold in Scripture. A Savior so filled with compassion and love that He ached for the world he sorrowed for the world. A Savior so committed to the mission that he willingly left heaven, but he willingly gave his life. This Savior became our substitute. Again, I feel... It was my cross. And you should feel the same. That the cross he carried, that wasn't his cross. It was my cross. That he gave his life for our sins. God sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I've been reading out of Isaiah 53. Now, verse number 6, you need to see this. You need to, you need to hear this. It says, All we like sheep 
have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the sin of us all. Second uh, Corinthians 5.21 says it like this. Robert, I want you to come, please. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Wow. You see, we deserve to die, but Jesus took our place. We deserved the cross, but we had a pardon. Christ became sin for us that we might be made righteous in him. I want you to bow your heads in this room today. This table before us is a table of remembrance. It's a table of reflection. We are called to partake and remember. It's a remembering of a Savior. My question to you today is, do you know Jesus as a Savior? God sent His Son Jesus to come to die for the sins of mankind. This is what the Bible says. And again, this is what we believe. This is how we live our lives according to Scripture. The Bible further says that all who call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. He made it so, so easy for us, so simple. We just come to Him confessing our sins, asking Him to come in and be our Savior. Heads are bowed. If you're here today and you're ready to ask Jesus to be your Savior, I want to pray for you. I'm going to count to three. And if you have never asked Jesus to come in and be your Savior and, and forgive you of your sins, at the, at the conclusion of three, when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand. We're going to pray for you today. One, two, don't miss this. Don't delay. I believe today is your day to accept Christ as your Savior. One, two, three. Lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Just lift your hand. You can put it right back down. I'm going to ask you to take a very courageous step. But I'm believing that God brought you here to actually make that step. I've stepped down off of the platform because I'm believing that you will move from where you are and you'll come and meet me right here. We're going to pray for you today, leading you in a prayer of repentance and asking God to forgive you. If you've lifted your hand and you're serious, I invite you to come right now and meet me right here. Come and meet me now.
Let me pray with you today. Your life will never be the same. Thank you. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you've lifted your hand or you know you need to. Debbie, can you help me? It's so good to have you today, my friend. Wonderful to have you. God bless. Hallelujah. Elders, I need you to come and help me pray. Thank you, Jesus. Gail, can you help me, please? Jack, I need you right here. Thank you, Jesus. Never forget, never forget Just pray with them. Make the sure that they understand. Lead them in a prayer of repentance. Never Have them say this prayer with you. Folks, we have three people who are coming today to commit their lives to Jesus Christ. Wow. We're going we're gonna to get to communion in just about 30 more seconds, but I just want to tell you this. There's room right here if anybody else wants to come. I don't know if you knew that or not, but there's room right here. I'm just saying. I, I, come on, I, if, if there's anybody else, let me pray with you. Let me lead you to the best friend you'll ever have. Let me lead you to someone who will so radically change your life. If you've tried other things and you've tried other ways, I encourage you today, try the Lord Jesus. If you don't like it in six months, you go back to living the way you lived before. But let me encourage you, you give Jesus a try, and I promise you, your life will never be the same again. I dare you to get up from where you are and come and meet me at this altar today. Hallelujah. Come on, believers. I feel like there's somebody else that's just in the balance. I need some people to just help me pray for about 30 more seconds. Is there anybody else? You'll come from where you are. Meet me right here and let me pray with you. Come on, just about 20 more seconds and we're going to transition into our communion time. Anybody? Anybody? Hallelujah. Elders, would you please help me prepare this table? I'm working this elder bunch like Hebrew slaves today. So good. Ushers, why don't you come help me? Come on, Jerry. Nick, let me deputize a few people. We got the elders busy. Let me get some ushers up here to help me prepare this table. Wonderful. We're just going to get some juice in one hand, some bread in another. John, you know the routine here. Everyone's standing. God is so good. How many have found God to be good in your life? Come on, how many have found God to be good? I want this to be a time of celebration for the body and the blood, and I want us to fully focus our attention on our wonderful Savior, our scriptural our sorrowing, our suffering Savior who ultimately became our substitute.
Hallelujah. Oh, just before you come, why don't you let these, these three know what a wonderful, wonderful decision that they have made today. Hallelujah. And now look at this. Look, look, look. Wow. Now they're going to take communion. I tell you, this, one, this is going to be one of the best communions you have ever participated in. And I pray that you participate many, many times in the future and, and days to come. But I'm praying that this, be, this will be one of the most significant times you ever take communion. Wow. Amen. You can return to your seat. Let me invite you to come, receive these emblems, and then quickly return to your seat, and we will partake together. for me way back on Calvary the blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power come at this time it reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. It calms my fears And it dries all my tears The blood that gives me strength From day to day It will never lose its power It reaches to the highest mountain, it flows to the lowest valley. Thank God for the blood, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. For it reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power.
Jesus has power today, power to save, power to cleanse, power to wash. We thank God for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. One more time, for it reaches. It reaches to the highest mountain. Oh, it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will Father, you've called us today to focus our hearts and our attention on the Savior. A Savior who gave his life. Jesus, we thank you today for your body, broken and bruised. Thank you for every stripe, the lashes. Thank you for the scourging. We ask now that you would bless this as we remember your body. In Jesus' name, let's take this together. And now, Father, we focus on, on the cup. It represents the blood of Jesus shed for the sins of the world, shed for the wrongs of mankind, shed for me personally. Jesus, we thank you today for every drop that was spilled, every drop that flowed. We thank you for the fountain filled with blood. We ask now your blessing on this cup. In Jesus' name, let's take the cup together. Get me in the key of F, Robin, please. Say, oh, the blood of Jesus. With one hand lifted. Come on, everybody. Wash is white. Sing it one more time. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood.
thank God for his blood today. As you are dismissed, let me remind you that our youth pastor will be pulling in and I would love your help at around four o'clock. If you're able to, please sign up. There's a, there's a sign-up sheet. Gary, is a sign-up sheet out there? Sign up so we'll know uh, who, who's coming and also jot down your phone number just in case there's a snafu in them getting here. And I'm pleased to report to you that we are going to love on the Petries in a way of $1,541.03. So, um, <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. Isn't that good? Hey! How about we go out of here with a shout today? Come on, let's give God praise in this place. Amen, amen, amen. God bless everybody. We will see you tonight. Don't miss tonight. Awesome, awesome service plan. We've got a baptismal, and Eric Monti is going to be bringing the word to us tonight. Can't wait. <laughs>